Outstanding, like a farmer in his field. Well, if that isn't some juicy content. Indeed. Circle gets the square. I'm going to pull some fast gotcha questions. Carry on, James. Carry on. You know what, Craig? That's a good call. another edition of the Channel Futures podcast, Coffee with Craig and James. I am the Craig in the Equation. Wait, I did was not told there was going to be math here, Craig. <laughs> Can I get through the intro at least? Keep keep going, man. You're doing a good job. I am the Craig in that Equation, Craig Galbraith, Editorial Director for Channel Futures. Joining me as always is our fine news editor, Mr. James Anderson. James, how are you? Craig, I'm having a really good day. I got uh, my Dunkin' Frozen coffee in hand and a, and a breakfast sandwich and uh, a mic in the other hand and, and, and my good friend Craig Galbraith on the line. So nothing's going wrong today. Nothing's going to stop you. Coffee, huh? So this truly is a coffee podcast today. Oh, yeah. It's been a long week, Craig. It's been a long week and uh, we got lots of stories to write, lots of lots of big stuff on the docket and so there's going to be a whole lot of work when i get done with this uh this recording today so i i need to fuel up (laughs) there you go was that a little bit of van halen you were playing yeah yeah van halen's uh been kind of a regular on this podcast and of course this was a single from 1992 92nd episode you know how it goes you are nothing if not consistent my friend well played Well, it's uh, easier than coming up with original thought. Uh, That's pretty much it. Okay, so we've got a great theme for this podcast, James. And uh, the song right now is appropriate because we're calling it Past, Present, and Future. And no, this is not a flashback to the parody of A Christmas Carol that uh, my old compadre Kevin and I did a few years ago. Uh, he still doesn't let me live down the goofy voices that I did for the ghosts. This, this is the ghost of Channel Past. This is the ghost of Channel Present. Yeah, these voices are, uh, yeah, goofy's a word for them, yep. What, what's that? What? Oh, no, I'm just, you know, a very creative little theme you had that time i actually i listened to that craig that was a that was a that was a creative little bit you did i hope we can uh reenact that at some point I'm yeah, yeah. To you, do it you, again. you can you can stop right now okay that, that, that's okay um <laughs> so one piece of the past uh here also we're reviving a historic segment that we haven't had yet this year our own editor your fellow news editor, James, Edward Gately, returns with another edition of Where in the World is Edward Gately? Home Edition. I love a good sequel. Ed is the perfect choice for this spinoff segment. I, 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 listening to the podcast when I wasn't a, a co-host, I always love that. Where in the world? I'm not going to say it myself, but it's it, it's a great jingle. Edward, if you know Edward, he the guy is all over the place in terms of how productive he is, and yeah. he is always on top of things. And so just the it's a beautiful concept of Ed, where is Edward today? I and I don't know. I don't know. Is he in his <laughs> kitchen? Is he in his 
uh, bedroom. Where where is Edward Gately? And yeah, uh, it used to be you know that he would get uh, all of these from his many travels, but uh, now he's of course doing them over the same types of platforms that we're all on. So uh, pretty soon though, pretty soon he'll be back out on the road giving us some uh, live updates. Soon. I'm excited to hear his interview with Rick Rebus. He's the new channel chief over at Fusion Connect and definitely a big name in the channel over his, his for as many years at Intellisys and most recently Logmian. So now he's at Fusion and uh, he gave Edward the scoop about the direction of this company's partner program and uh, where Fusion Connect is positioning itself in the UCAS market. Yeah, and they're now more than a year removed from Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Uh, a lot of big things happening at Fusion, James. Of course, uh, so many Fusion partners in our audience as they bought Birch a few years ago and inherited all of the partners that Birch had bought uh, from legacy companies in the channel. And also from the past, we're bringing back Deep Day. Neither of us could say it like Kevin could, uh, so only a clip of him would be appropriate. I mean, I could try. Do you want me to try that, Craig? Uh, yeah, give it a shot. Why not? Time, time for a personal deep dive. Well, that wasn't uh, wasn't bad, but uh, it certainly wasn't any better than my uh, ghost voices that we referenced earlier. So, you know, uh, at least we've got uh, the history of Kevin doing it that we could, we could pull that up. That's fair. So we'll get our loyal casties up to speed on what we personally have been up to over the past couple of weeks, uh, because I know they're really excited to hear that in just a moment with that personal deep dive. But certainly falling into the present category, we'll also have a great conversation with Seth Penland. Uh, he's one of the fine folks you've come across in your channel travels, my youthful friend. Seth is an expert in the agent channel, has has worked as a sub-agent and has some experience on the financial side of things and has a, a really solid uh, perspective on some of the consolidation that we're seeing in the master agent channel. So I found this one pretty interesting, Craig. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to Seth. And of course, and we're going to talk about this a little more later as it plays really well into this series that you have produced uh, for Channel Futures talking about consolidation. So it, it's like a it's a natural tie-up between the, the media, the the multi-media that we're doing here on the podcast. I, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, there's natural synergies. Okay, so uh, first, uh, let's get back to that personal deep dive. Let the audience in on a nugget or two from your crazy millennial life. Let me live vicariously through the youngster. Well, let's see, Craig. I am living in Illinois where I am still ineligible for a vaccine. Oh. So uh, I am going around looking at these all these uh, vaccine appointment charts, waiting for when it opens up doing that. That's not very interesting. I thought that was interesting. Uh, <laughs> it sounded better when you started, right? <laughs> oh my God. I, mm, I'm debating telling them that I, telling you that I joined a soccer team because I don't want to be a, a COVID idiot. Um, oh, no, no, do tell. Yeah, so I, I, I joined an indoor soccer team, Craig, and I am about a year out of shape. I have oh. probably gained eight pounds since the, the panorama started, and oh, yeah. my roommates joined a soccer team, and I'm like, well, they get COVID, they're going to give it to me. So I <laughs> yeah. figured I might as well be out there with them playing. I'm so out of shape, but I'm so happy to be there, and I'm getting my butt kicked back into some modicum of fitness and uh that's been a delight meeting the girlfriend's parents this weekend for the oh. first time uh should be fun that's yeah huge. it is, is huge it is 
Uh, what about you, Craig? Interesting. You brought up the, the getting in shape and, and you putting on some pounds. I, <laughs> I, I've like followed the same pattern. It's like for a while there, uh, last year, the beginning of this year, I was getting myself in pretty good shape. I had actually dropped like 10 pounds. I was, I was hitting the weights a little bit. Uh, I was feeling good. And now it's just like, you know, I don't want to blame it on work. Everyone always does that. But, uh, you know, you get busy with work, you get busy doing other things. And now all of a sudden the the 10 pounds are back. So I got to get back into it. So you telling me that uh, I think is inspiring me uh, to do that. And as far as, uh, you know, if I'm piggybacking on another thing you said, meeting the girlfriend's parents. Well, I've been married almost 20 years, so I don't have to worry about that anymore. So that that's a, that's a good thing. I, I don't have to live vicariously through you on that one. Yeah, man, I'll, uh, I'll spare you that. <laughs> okay, all right, enough of that. Uh, I want to stay in the present, though, and toot our own horns a little bit. Uh, put, the, put the kazoo away, James. Oh, okay. I, it is very festive, but okay, yeah. <laughs> the debut of the merged Channel Partners Online and Channel Futures websites uh, which I sort of was referencing when I said I've been busy with work. Uh, under the Channel Futures brand has thus far been a smashing success. Our loyal casties and those in our audience who have yet to find this lovely little delight to the ears have been flocking to the new Channel Futures in droves the past couple of weeks to check out the great blend of telecom and IT channel content, which includes this very podcast its previous home was channel partners online now you're finding us on channel futures yeah it's been pretty exciting craig if not it just extremely action-packed uh <laughs> the, the edit team has gone all out i would say um yeah. to make sure we have these in-depth pieces we call them signature pieces that get into the news of the day and the and the trends of the channel kind of really giving in-depth analysis, uh, a lot more long-form stuff, you know, giving, yeah. trying to give you all some some real juice. Yeah, some juice, some meat, some solid stuff. Uh, I like it. And and we've succeeded. I've got to say we've gotten a lot of good reaction to some of the things we've done. And I mentioned it before, but you, you just published a two-part series on master agent consolidation. That's one of the things, uh, which is really perfect considering we've got uh, Seth Penland uh, later in the show. You, you want to talk briefly about that series? Yeah, I, I want to say, you know, talking a little bit with Seth uh, helped me get this sense that consolidation really is the future. It's, I mean, it's always sort of been a trend in the agent channel, but it is absolutely accelerating. And everyone you talk to agrees that, you know, it's it's going to accelerate and accelerate until there's nothing else to accelerate, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, covering some of these big M&A stories between master agents um, made me feel like we need to get everyone's perspective on this. So talking to many more sub-agents, because these are the people that are truly going to be impacted by all of this, by master agents coming together. So conducting a bit of a campaign to hear their thoughts, Mm -hmm. um, their candid thoughts, their off-the-record thoughts of how this affects them, what they want to see. Most recently... Yeah, we, we heard from a couple, a, a few partners um, about how, how our master agent's going to keep the suppliers accountable as more master agents come together, as more carriers come together. We had another sub-agent talk about like, hey, our, uh, perhaps our partner's going to get some revenue out of these acquisitions. Are they going to get financially rewarded? Uh, so some, some very juicy takes by these agents that um, we don't always see front and center. So I'm excited to hear more of what they have to say. And if you're listening to this and, and you've got some hot takes, 
dish them out, my friend. I'd love to hear them. Yeah, uh, it's been a hot topic for quite some time. Certainly controversial, uh, different opinions out there on this. Uh, yeah, reach out to James. Uh, we'll even put James's email contact information on the landing page of this podcast. We're gonna we're gonna expose your uh, expose your info. Oh my gosh! But having the last name Anderson makes it so that whenever someone is mad at our company and wants to email us, they're gonna email me anyway. So yes, the a, a comes right up uh, at the top there. Yeah, you got it. I'm used to it. <laughs> you know, we've we've really had a broad swath of coverage. Uh, just to name a few more of the things that we've posted just here in the first couple of weeks of being live uh, with the new channel futures. Uh, an exclusive interview with the AWS channel chief. Uh, we've had uh, stories around channel convergence. Our annual list of 20 top UCAS providers that really got people talking. Uh, we had interviews with uh, Checkpoint channel chief Frank Roche and Dell's Cheryl Cook. A jumbo edition of our monthly channel people on the move gallery. Man, people have flocked to that thing. Uh, and a cool montage of picks. This was really great. In fact, you put this together. Uh, with some help uh, from Buffy Naylor uh, on our staff, as well as Marie Rourke from White Fox Marketing. Uh, appreciate her help with that as well. Uh, this was a, a montage of pictures from channel events going back almost 20 years. Uh, again, to check any of that out, it is just a mouse click away at channelfutures.com. And don't worry, if you have channelpartnersonline.com bookmarked, you will automatically be redirected to channelfutures.com. But you still might want to change that bookmark just to uh, keep up with the times. Now, might I say that all of this sounds like some very juicy content, Craig? Indeed you shall, and you just did. This is some juicy content, Craig. <laughs> okay, so how about we get to our first interview? This popular segment that's returning for the first time in 2021. Where in the world is Edward Gately? Our intrepid news editor, Edward Gately, sitting down with New Fusion Connect Channel Chief Rick Rebus. Take it away, Ed. This is Edward Gately, news editor at Channel Futures, and I'm here with Rick Rebus, Fusion Connect's senior vice president of Channels and Alliances. How are you, Rick? Great, Ed. Thanks for having me. Good to see you again. Good to see you too. Okay, so my first question is, why did you want to take this role with Fusion Connect and what's your take on the company since it emerged from Chapter 11? So I've been doing this for 33 years now and uh, I've been working with the channel for forever. That's my world. And, um, you know, probably a couple months ago, I received a call from uh, Mario Dirigi, who is our CRO. And about six months ago, Brian Crotty actually took this role and these are two people that I've known in the industry for over 25 years. Brian actually used to be a partner of mine when I had my original master agency back in the 90s. Uh, so I like to say I mentored him well, that he's now the, uh, you know, our CEO of the company. And uh, and Mario, I've known through the industry through, you know, his Broadview and uh, and Windstream days and, and Vonage as well. And in my opinion, they are two of the best channel champions and to be successful, you have to enjoy who you're working with, and you have to have this, the same mindset as the people you're working for and with. And I just knew when the call came, I mean, I, I had a few options going on, and it, it was a no-brainer to me. It just felt right. I, I actually turned around to my wife, and I'm, I would, and she's like, well, you're asking me this question, but you have a big smile on your face. So yeah, it was a no-brainer. I'm excited to be here. Regarding um, the bankruptcy, I mean, it's if you take a look at history in our world whenever companies bring many companies together this isn't unusual 
It just, it just isn't. What is unusual is that for someone to go through the bankruptcy, I was actually, as one of the largest partners of the company um, at Intellisys, sitting on that side watching the bankruptcy go through. And I can tell you it was handled probably better than many, and I've been through a couple of them, as the partner of a company going bankrupt. We continued to get paid and not miss a beat. The communication was spot on with us, so we, we didn't have to guess. Are we getting paid? Are we not? What's happening? And then the companies evolved out of bankruptcy, brought in the, the leadership team to to make the right moves from that point on. And I'm just seeing, you know, great things ahead. And it's, it's already happening. Over the last six to eight months, the company has really just focusing on two priorities. One is the customer experience. And that's Brian's big um big push right now, making sure the customer has the best experience. And then my job is ensuring the, the partner's experience. So making sure that we can do everything we can to make the partner look the as best as they can in front of their end user customers. And if we do that, then the business will come. And now you talked about your long experience in the channel. How will your previous experience come into play in this new role? My team's already, um, I guess, a bit shocked of all the I mean, I, I think I have 17,000 contacts on LinkedIn, and believe it or not, most of them I know, which is kind of kind of strange. So I'm happy to say I'm pretty sure I kept a, a really good reputation and have a um, have been known as as being straightforward and transparent with people in the industry. So I'm able to open some doors to be able to have those conversations with the partners that many others on our team just didn't, they just didn't know them. And partners like to do business with people they know. The biggest obstacle that we have, and I don't even know if it's an obstacle, it's a challenge, I guess, is just explaining to people who we are, who is Fusion Connect 2021, right? A lot of them, the people out there think of us as one of the legacy companies, like maybe we're, we're a POTS company or you know we're a Canadian company or we're doing this or that. But letting them understand now that, listen, we're, we're really the full solution company and the underlying products that we're do, using are some of the best SD-WAN solutions and some of the best you know, Broadsoft for our UCAS and Cisco WebEx for our, our video. You know, we're not skimping on any of our offerings. And yes, we can still do POTS. And while that's not what we our priority, I mean, really, we do a lot of large accounts, large name brands. What we like to do is be the full solution for the partner so we can go in and we can offer them, you know, their UCAS, their network, um, their video, their SD-WAN. And yes, a lot of these companies, especially when we're doing multi-location retails, are going to have the alarm lines and their elevator lines so they don't have to re go out somewhere else. And we are, I mean, while we have our own network, we are an aggregator. So, you know, I saw a quote go out the other day and it had 121 different suppliers on it that we were able to get network from and put it all on our one bill and offered a complete solution. So what's your take on Fusion Connect's channel strategy and partner program? And are any changes needed? Well, I think they have a great v SVP of channel to lead them on. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, no, I mean, you know, here, here's what I love is that Mario, who's the CRO and my boss, is is giving me the autonomy that that I need to be able to utilize the best practices I've learned over the last 30 years. So the channel strategy is really simple. And I say this a lot to people. People tend to overcomplicate what the channel truly is. It's doing the simple things great. 
You know, it's it. Don't overthink it. Don't try and be everything to everyone. Just take what you do well. Be responsive. Be accurate. Be on time. Be um, appreciative, and just get the job done. Don't overcomplicate it. And those are the core core values that I'm driving home to the team now. And we're actually doing a lot of hiring. I did two interviews today. We have some some big roles coming on soon, a, a national role and a few others. So um, I'm excited about the direction of the, of the team. And you know what? And I the culture here when I came over was just amazing. It, it reminds me of you know I've owned many businesses and that whole entrepreneurship that that you know that that just feeling you get when you can go run your business and make things happen and really put your stamp on the business. Um, to me, that's what it's all about. Kind of what's your take on the current UCAS market and where does Fusion Connect fit into the competitive landscape there? Sure, sure. It would be silly for me to say, you know, we're just the best. You know, there's no one else out there. There, There's some great companies out there, but UCAS needs to work, right? Broadsoft is an amazing platform for it to, to be driven off of. But there aren't a lot of companies that are doing UCAS well and offering everything else to go with it. So a lot of the companies that, that you know, I won't mention them just for the sake of not mentioning them, but they're great companies, but you got to connect to something, right? So then they have to go bring their own bandwidth or connect their own SD-WAN or do whatever. When you can get the same experience, comparable commissions and everything else here. So from, from my standpoint, I, I get it. If you want to sell whatever UCAS, I, I totally get it. But our partners are in the business for, you know, getting the best solution for their, their end user, but also for making money. So why not make money on the full solution? On the same note, your take on the SD-WAN market, and then where does Fusion Connect fit in there? So we have a few different brands of SD-WAN. Um, so we're doing Fortinet, we're doing Meraki, you know, it's just a, uh, and we're doing Velo. So we have the offerings that anybody can get from anyone else. SD-WAN, it, it, it's unique trying to explain to the, the end user, you know, exactly what it does, but it's it's kind of like, it's it's a no-brainer once you once you put it into the mix, you know that that they're just going to get that redundancy, that active active, a, a large opportunity that we were on the call with this morning. I mean that was the, the the selling point, and they actually had some legacy equipment in that didn't, you know, one solution didn't fit their needs. So we fortunately had options for them. But SD WAN's here. I mean, it's it, I think most companies that have any kind of critical point where they really can't be down. They need to have it. And it's actually a fairly economical option for a lot of companies. And here I'm hoping you will name names. Um, who yeah. are Fusion Connect's <clears throat> biggest competitors and how will you help give Fusion Connect and its partners a competitive advantage? You know, that's kind of interesting because I, I don't think of our competitors as a typical UCAS. I mean, let's face it, there's a lot of companies out there that are the, the legacy Lex that are offering everything. All right, so there's the Lumens of the world or the AT&Ts and the Verizons of the world. But a lot of the partners feel they get they get lost doing business with their with um, those types of companies, the larger companies. You know, that that's an advantage we have. I mean, we are in the trenches. We know the partners. We're still a five hundred million dollar company. People don't don't realize that we still have some some size to us. And it's a, a very solid company. But we still try and treat it, you know, Channel is is a big portion of our business right now where some of these larger companies, channel's important to them, but they're going to survive with or without it. So I, I think we just we just value the partner a little bit more possibly. 
And then since you came on board, what sort of feedback have you been receiving from partners? Yeah, so I, I touched on it some bit before. They just don't know who we are. They like the people. They love the changes that have been made. The leadership team, as I said, being channel ambassadors and champions, um, most of the partners know them as well as myself. Some other people that are coming on board, they, they're familiar with them and they're happy about that. They really don't know what we are, you know, what we're all about. And um, that's my mission. Um, you know, I got vaccinated. I literally, within days of getting vaccinated, I haven't traveled yet. I'm going out on Monday. That'll be a few weeks since the vaccination. But um, I have four flights on my calendar already. So I just getting out, out in front of these people and looking them in the eye and letting us know what we stand for and saying, hey, you know, let us earn your business. And I guess has the pandemic made that challenging? I know that you just came on board, but just, you know, as far as the Fusion Connect being able to, hey, here's who we are, we're here, that kind of thing. I guess the pandemic likely made that somewhat difficult. Absolutely. Um, after a while, people got video burnout. I mean, yes. I got video burnout, everyone. Um, the virtual events that were going on for a little bit, people were like, all right, we have to do this. Then they just started, you know, the attendance was very low on them. So yes, getting in front of the partners, sitting down with them, breaking bread, even socially distanced, fine, but still being around them. If you know, so people have all different comfort levels, and I'm great with whatever they feel. But yeah, there's nothing beats in person. It just doesn't. What do you hope to have accomplished a year from now? I want um, Fusion Connect to be a, a force in the industry where we should be. Uh, again, there's there's not a lot of people that play in our space. We have one of the most amazing project management, sales engineer provisioning teams, and that's typically where a lot of companies fall down a little bit. Our goal is to make our partners look good. And when people understand really what our strengths are, we do we play really well in the enterprise space. We play really well in the um, multi-location space, but we also play really well in the $500 to $1,000 accounts. You know, it's just not not the old POTS company from the Birch days that people remember. You know, I'm not looking for all their business, but I'm looking for some of it. Okay, great. Well, that's true for my questions, and I really appreciate you uh, speaking with me, Rick. No, no problem. I appreciate it as well. Thanks, Ed. All right, James, good stuff there from Ed. Glad to bring him back uh, with a Where in the World is Edward Gately Home Edition interview. Uh, good to catch up and hear what's going on with Rick Rebus, very well known on the channel. Uh, seeing how he's settling in there at Fusion Connect. Uh, so many partners in our audience are Fusion partners, so some good stuff. Yeah, two absolute legends there. You got Rick, who's a legend of the master agent industry and, uh, and as, well, as well as a growing force in the UCAS space. And you got Ed, who, you know, if you ask me, Ed is the leading UCAS channel reporter. I have no qualms saying that, that, that. So those are two dominant forces coming together right there. Ed's legend speaks for itself. It truly does. Okay, so the rest of this podcast remains jam-packed, but we would be remiss if we didn't look to the future and talk just a little bit more about plans for our big CP Expo homecoming show. That's November 1st through 4th. And the co-located brand new MSP Summit. That's November 1st through 2nd. Thank you, Calendar Boy. It's my pleasure. Now, the excitement for this first live Channel Partners Conference and Expo is palpable. And while still in the early stages, we can already tell you we are anticipating 250 key suppliers, master agents, and distributors. The number of participants we're shooting for is 5,000. Now, me personally... Information presented is for educational purposes only. Moreover, no listener should assume that any discussions or information presented serves as the receipt of or substitute for personalized advice. 
I could see that number getting even bigger. I, you know, I think it just depends on companies getting more travel approvals. I mean, I've never seen more people in the channel uh, through all of my discussions with them excited about one of our events. And it's Vegas, baby. Yep. And we're looking at more than 100 top industry speakers as well. You know, you mentioned the MSP Summit. Well, that's going to feature some amazing programming specifically targeted to MSP partners. So when you register for the event, just sign up for an all-access pass, and that's going to get you both into the CP Expo as well as the co-located MSP Summit. So should be a big crowd for that considering we're hosting our annual MSP 501 Awards Gala. Gala? Gala. It's Gala at the show. It's like data or data, right? It's one of those words. Yep. GIF and JIF. No, you can't go with JIF. That, that's the peanut butter. Come on. Uh, so we talked at uh, length about the 501 in our previous podcast. Uh, that application went live last month. Uh, and as the agenda starts getting more fleshed out for this event, we'll let you know when it's live and available for viewing on the CP Expo website. Of course, we'll provide any relevant links on the homepage of this podcast on Channel Futures. At this point, we do have planned our traditional first-time attendee reception, and we're tinkering, we're tinkering with the idea of a reception on Sunday night for the MSP Summit ahead of a full-blown programming that starts on Monday. So we're planning our debate series that we've been doing virtually to continue in the live setting. Yeah, plenty of hot topics to discuss there. And of course, what you've all been missing, the great expo hall where you're going to get such excellent networking. The yeah. many education sessions in our conference track, the network events, the parties. By golly, it's going to be a great time. You can already register for these events, so get cracking, people. Okay, back to the present. Uh, before we get to our next interview, I believe, James, you've got another game that you've concocted. Shall we play a game? I have indeed, Craig. I have been in the game lab trying to bring some fun to this podcast. So are you down? Are you game? Craig Craig doesn't know what we're about to do here. So uh, what do you say, Craig? Well, you know, a lot of the times we just lie and say that uh, we don't know what's coming up. But I truly don't. I truly don't know. So I, I'm, I'm tickling with anticipation here. Uh, I'm eager to see. And I didn't know we had a game lab. So there you go. Yeah, the game lab is is up and running. So, Craig, we write about technology, right? We write about B2B technology, and it's its own sort of world. It's a very unique world. Um, when I write, I don't know about you, but I don't really share my articles with my non-technology friends because they don't really understand what I'm writing about. They don't really get it. You know, you ever have that feeling? It's almost like when I talk to about fantasy football with my girlfriend. She just yeah. doesn't really, you know, it's just not really her space, right? So many of our stories, for writing those stories, we utilize press releases, which have a certain type of tech speak, right? So we talk about, this is where we see a lot of those buzzwords that you 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 can kind of be a little grousy about, right? Right, Craig? Like yeah. synergies. And what are some of those other buzzwords? Like ecosystem. Yeah, holistic, uh, anyway. holistic oh. solution, single pane of glass. Yeah, mission um, critical. Those um, are all some good ones that drive me crazy. But anyway, yeah. yeah, PR is riddled with those types of terms. So we spend all this time looking through these press releases and, and looking through these you know, stories that even uh, technology journalists are writing. You see the common trends and you begin to wonder how easily I could write one of those. Mm -hmm. I wonder if I 
could convince people that I know what I'm talking about on this, this random topic. So what I have concocted for you, Craig, is a channel Mad Lib. Do you know what a Mad Lib is? Yes, Mad Libs. Yeah, I used to fill out those little books when I was a kid. Sure, they were, uh, they were entertaining. Yeah, so I am going to have you write a technology press release. So you're oh. basically going to write a story, but you're not going to know what it's about. I'm going to be asking you to give me an adjective, to give me a noun, to give me this or that. And you're gonna fill that stuff in. I'm gonna. I'm basically gonna tell you those words out of order. So don't, you know, don't don't try to get all clever with me, or be clever, but not that kind of clever. Okay. Um, and at the end, I'm gonna read this story off to you, and we're gonna see. Does this make sense? Do you think people would buy this? Let's yeah, see. I, I think the answer already I know is gonna be no. Uh, but uh, let's give it a shot. This sounds like fun. Awesome. Okay, Craig, can you give me an? Adjective that pertains to size. Massive. That's excellent. Can you give me a vertical or some sort of uh, industry? Uh, sure. How about uh, education? Excellent vertical. Give me another another vertical. Healthcare. That's excellent. That's that's a key vertical. Okay. Can you give me the name of a plant, Craig? Uh, any plant, like any plant. a plant as far as botany. As concerned, you're uh, talking botanical about. in nature. Yes. Okay, I'm gonna go with a Venus flytrap. Oh, those are, that's a good plant. Okay. I'm getting more creative. I, I can't say I was terribly creative on the verticals. You are actually. I'm gonna go back. I want to do another vertical. I want to. I want to go into a sub vertical. I hmm. want to go from healthcare. I want to make that into nursing home sales. Can we do that? Is a beautiful niche. Okay. All right. A niche. That's where I was going. All right. <laughs> can you give me a type of technology? Um, it's a one a one word type of technology. It can be as broad as you as broad or as specific as you want it to be. Well, I dedicate this to you and your love of SD WAN. Oh, okay. I love SD WAN. You know me so well, Craig. Okay, <laughs> can you give me a color? Chartreuse. Very good. Very good. Okay. Okay, can you give me the name of a famous inventor or entrepreneur or perhaps like a prominent figure in the channel? Any, anything that, any person that, you know, seems notable to you? Let's go with, uh, let's see, inventor, entrepreneur. How about uh, Mark Cuban? He's very influential. He's got a great TV show. Uh, yes. Can you give me a a verb, but it's it's going to be a, a verbal, so in the sense of like, it's going to have like a an E-N at the end of it. I forget <laughs> the proper grammar for that, but... It's um, like a gerund or a participle. A, 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 yeah, a gerund or a participle. Baron. Uh, can you give me a number? Probably between one and a hundred. Sixty-three. Okay. Can you give me um, an adjective? Endearing. Okay. Can you give me the name of a Greek or Roman god? Yes. How about uh, Ares? Okay. Can you give me an adjective that's related to velocity? Ooh, speedy. This is going to be the longest Mad Lib. Oh, can you give me a verb? Any type of verb. Any type of verb. Blast. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, golly. Okay. Can you give me something you would find in a workplace? How about a, what do you call that thing? A stress ball? Or one of those things you squeeze, you know, repetitive uh, squeezing thingy to relieve stress? Okay. Can you give me um, a technology equipment that is that would be in the office? Rotary phone, is that, uh, or does it have to be newer? No, it's cool. It's cool. Okay. Can you give me something 
that you would find in a, another thing that you would find in a workplace? How about a daisy wheel printer? Picking up with a classic uh, old theme here, going back to the 80s. Can you give me um, another adjective? Any type of adjective? I mean, it could be positive unless you want to be really funny. No, you know me, I like to be funny. Uh-huh. Gruesome. Give me a character trait. Affable. Can you give me a, ch- a buzzword that you often hear on the channel, like a phrase? Best phrase. of breed. Best of, okay. Best of breed, gotta be right. it. Give me a, neg- a verb that's negative. Um, how about vanish? Oh, can you give me an, another adjective that pertains to size? Minuscule. Oh, I love this, man. Can you give me an adjective? Verbose. Give me a, a verb. Collapsing. Can you give me an adverb? Promptly. Okay, beautiful. Are you ready for this, Craig? Are you ready for this? Did we finally finish it? We finally uh, finished it. Yeah, let's it. do it. This should be this should be pretty good. I'm I'm ready to hear it. I need I need any kind of number. This Eighteen. Here we go, Craig. Venus flytrap SD WAN launched its endearing offering. The chartreuse Aries 18 solves the problem of verbose stress balls, which lead to speedy synergies. The company primarily serves the education and nursing home sales industries and minuscule to massive companies. It's a technology that would make Mark Cuban blast. The chartreuse Aries 18 attaches to the rotary phone and collapses promptly into the cloud. As a result, employees can rest assured that their daisy wheel printers won't vanish while they're on the clock. Venus Flytrap SD-WAN invites partners to join its gruesome channel program. We go to market with a channel barren strategy. We offer 63 tiers that reward partners differently based on their level of affability. Best of breed. <laughs> That's what I got, well, Craig. <laughs> you know, you know. first of all, that was fantastic. And I can see this being a recurring segment. Uh, second, that is actually just as good as some PR that I've read out there. So uh, kudos to you and to me for blindly going into that and actually coming up with something uh, that uh, sounds like a product. I, I don't know about the channel program, though, with 63 <laughs> tiers. That sounds pretty complicated. Yeah, we got to simplify that. Got to <laughs> streamline that. <laughs> I think that uh, that company needs a new uh, channel chief. Oh, uh, man. For sure. Yeah. Oh, good stuff, my friend. Good stuff. Okay, uh, so set us up uh, for this next interview. Uh, We talked earlier about you diving into master agent consolidation in some recent articles. Yeah, we are going to be talking to Seth Penlon. He is the managing director of Evergreen Technology Partners, and he has a a solid perspective on master agent M&A. Now, caveat, we don't want to do Seth dirty here. We actually spoke to him before Tolaris announced the acquisition of Chorus Communications. So, you're probably going to find that a lot of the things Seth had to say were in some ways actually prophetic um, because we've seen even more M&A since we talked to him. But he's going to talk about uh, the prognosis for M&A in the agent channel. We're excited to be joined today by Seth Penlin, who owns Evergreen Technology Partners, an advisory and investment firm that I think has a lot of really interesting expertise and perspective on the channel. And I'm really excited to pick his brain today. Seth, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. It's great to have you. And I've you know, spoken with you before, and it was just I thought it was really fascinating hearing your take on the channel, especially the agent channel. So really excited to uh, to pick your brain today. Definitely looking forward to it. 
Yeah, I'm super excited to. Uh, I know you've got some insight into M&A, uh, which is always a favorite topic of mine, Seth. But uh, maybe you can start us off by just talking a little bit about your company. Give us a little background. Uh, what does Evergreen do and uh, why did you found it? Definitely. Yeah. So Evergreen Technology Partners, I founded the company about a year and a half ago. And really, we focus on two things. One is we provide M&A advisory services to companies or owners in the telecom and cloud agency space. And then second, we look to acquire businesses in this space for our own portfolio. And the background or story to kind of lead that led to starting Evergreen was really a couple stages. So first, I was an investment banker for a number of large investment banks for, for a number of years. I worked at Merrill Lynch in their financial sponsors group, working with private equity firms. And then I worked for JP Morgan in their mid-cap investment banking group, helping um, mid-sized companies complete transactions, strategic transactions in the neighborhood of kind of 100 million to a couple billion in size. And then I worked for a small boutique investment bank called B. Riley. And while I was at B. Riley, I had this kind of entrepreneurial desire to go do something new and start a business of my own. And I came across this telecom and cloud agency industry through a good friend of mine that had launched an agency about a decade before. And as I was learning about this industry and the economic model of these businesses, I was fascinated by it and really you know, saw a big opportunity, saw that it was at a stage where it was maturing and that I anticipated there would be an increased amount of uh, M&A activity. So I launched a small agency called Blue Wave Sales in the beginning of 2017, grew that quickly, really for a, a number of things. I, I really wanted to fully immerse myself in the industry so that I could better understand the full value proposition to customers and also better understand the opportunities and, opportunities and challenges facing agencies. And through that experience, I was able to form a number of good relationships with key industry participants and owners of agencies and, and really build credibility in the industry. And that was kind of the, the background and basis for me to launch Evergreen. So as I said earlier, Evergreen, what we, we really focus on helping businesses in this space that are thinking about buying, thinking about selling, thinking about merging with other entities as well as look at businesses to acquire for our own portfolio. So think of us as an advi half advisory firm and half you know, small private equity firm. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Seth, do you mind talking a little bit? I'd love to know what that experience was running that agency. What were the value proposition that you learned that, that agents bring to the table? Yeah, I mean, I think the value prop is very, it resonates very well with customers. So you know, when you think about at the core, what is a typical agency's value proposition to their customer, it's really about helping IT managers or executives make better decisions, right? More informed decisions around technology purchasing. So they help them evaluate solutions, they recommend solutions, and then they help from a technical perspective, figure out the right solutions that they should employ and, and the best way to do that. And then they help really bring in all the various suppliers or technologies available in an unboxed way. And when you go to an IT manager and explain that value prop to them, it resonates, right? Because you're going to save them time and money. You're going to make their life easier and you're going to help them make better decisions. So I think the value prop at its core is very strong. Now, what I also see, though, is that value prop is is continuing to improve and increase, right? And we'll get into it probably a bit later, but I think you know, we're gonna start to continue to see trends within the agency world of providing much more value to those customers. I love that. 
So Seth, you and I met, I was covering Bridgepoint Technologies acquisition of Clover Communications and Evergreen played a really big role in advising that and guiding that. So, and that was one of many master agent M&A news last year. Can you talk a little bit about what you're seeing in this space in terms of consolidation? When I think of consolidation, I really first bifurcate the market into kind of two categories. So one, you have the master agencies, right? And those are companies like Intellisys, Talaris, Avant. And I may even put Bridgepoint kind of in that category, but I would really categorize them a little bit differently. We can kind of get into that in a moment. And then the second side of the, the equation or the second side of the industry really is the sub-agents or the direct selling agencies, right? So I think when you look at those two broad categories, I think there's going to continue to be a fair amount of consolidation in both categories. Over the last few years, we've predominantly see it, seen it happen at the master agency level, right? So you think of Sandler buying X4, ScanSource buying Intellisys, AppSmart buying CNSG, WTG, Telegration, Microcorp, most recently GCG. You know, you see a, a lot of acquisitions there as these master agencies consolidate. Most recently, we saw Columbia Capital make a, a minority investment in Tolaris, right? So when I think of the master agency community or the industry, it has already experienced a reasonable amount of consolidation. And I think that's only going to accelerate in the future. Um, and the reason why is, you know, you look at, a, at the core of a master agency, um, scale matters a ton, right? So being able to have these key relationships with suppliers and vendors and being able to push a significant amount of volume through each of them. You know, there's a big advantage there, right? They're able to, one, get better terms and conditions with these suppliers, but almost equally important, they're able to have kind of that purchasing power or influence with them to make sure that they do what they say they're going to do, they pay the commissions, they follow through on the services, and they don't change their program year by year and have a negative impact on the, on the sub-agent community. So I think we're going to see continued consolidation because of scale advantages, right? And you're going to see these master agencies continue to offer a lot more value to their sub-agents, right? They're going to offer more resources in terms of people, talent, solutions engineering, back office support around quoting and managing the administrative side of their businesses. You're going to see more technology investments around platforms and solutions for their sub-agents to use. We've seen that with you know, Intellisys buying RPM, Intellisys providing Audix 360 to their players. We're seeing, you know, AppSmart uh, make a big investment around marketplaces and platforms for their agents and customers to be able to procure technology solutions, especially SaaS solutions in a more efficient way. I think we're going to continue to see that play out at the master agency level. Yeah, so Seth, just following that up, you mentioned the investment that Tolaris got. I, I'm just wondering if, if you're expecting to see more merger-type activity uh, going forward, like we've seen AppSmart. You mentioned they've been voracious with what they've done uh, and some of these other companies as well. Or are we going to see more of the private investment coming in? I think they're very interconnected, right? So I think, you know, when you when you think about Columbia Capital making an investment in Tolaris, right, likely the driver behind that or the motivation for that is that I'm assuming they see further consolidation and they're wanting to equip Tolaris with the financial resources to be able to make those acquisitions and to be a consolidator in the space. So I think you're going to see, you know, really see, I don't know if we'll see a ton more investment come in at the master level because we've now you've got 
you know, three or four key masters that I think are going to lead the consolidation space. And if we fast forward three to five years, I think you're going to continue to see three or four lead the charge. And all of these smaller master agencies are going to kind of go away, right? They're going to be almost forced to, to sell to these bigger guys because they're going to find it harder and harder to compete. And I think they're going to continue to lose share with their sub agents if they don't, um, you know, partner and sell and merge with some of these bigger uh, master agencies. Yeah, I mean, we're almost at that point already, right? All those companies we've already mentioned that were sort of the smaller guys uh, that have already been gobbled up by these, the number one through, say, five uh, master mm-hmm. agencies out there for sure. Exactly. Now, I do see there's there's kind of this other sub-segment that I think is really interesting. And I, and I put Bridgepoint in this category in that, you know, a lot of those other master agencies we talk about, we talked about, you know, they really focus on empowering the sub agencies to do well, right? They're empowering those businesses and their whole approach is really not to emphasize the Intellisys brand or the Talaris brand to the customer, right? It's really empowering those sub agencies or direct selling agencies to do more with their customers. Another sub segment or interesting component of this agency world I see is Bridgepoint, right? I think they're doing something very unique in the marketplace. They have really opted to build brand equity, right? To build a business model where they find great individual performers, um, they empower them to do well, and they leverage the Bridgepoint brand to do that, right? So I don't put them in the traditional master agency category. I kind of think they're really carving out their own category. And I think it's been very successful. They're growing extremely fast. They have great agents that are driving a lot of new volume and they're providing a ton of value to those agents, right? And, you know, I think we're going to continue to see them do great things. I think they definitely have a strategy to grow aggressively. As you guys mentioned earlier, you know, we were the advisors to Bridgepoint when they acquired Clover Communications. So, you know, really the strategic rationale around that from Clover's perspective was, hey, Bridgepoint has this great brand. They've got all these great resources to help our agents. We want access to that. We know by partnering with Bridgepoint, we can accelerate our growth. We can offer more to our agents. And we believe that scale matters when it comes to an exit strategy, right? So if you fast forward five plus years or at whatever stage Bridgepoint looks to exit or get recapitalized uh, you know, through a sale to a private equity firm or something like that, then somebody like Clover who sells to Bridgepoint and they sold a majority stake to them, they're going to benefit significantly from a financial perspective when and if a transaction with Bridgepoint occurs. So they're focused on doing more of that. So I think if I was a, a, a midsize or smaller agency that had a look and feel like Bridgepoint where my agents were carrying my card and my brand, you know, I, I think that would be a very, uh, you know, that would be a strategy I would be considering if I was in their shoes. Seth, as we close out, can you kind of put us in the mind of um, sort of the smaller sub-agent, um, you know, more more direct selling side? What should they be on the lookout for, you know, as consolidation is happening? What do you recommend that they be observing and, and looking for and, and, and doing in the market? We, we spend a lot of time in that direct selling agency space advising and, and talking to owners. And what I really like to focus on is, you know, they need to be thinking about their long-term strategy, right? They need to be understanding what is their succession plan? What is their exit options? And how do they create the most value today that increases their equity value in the future? So for me, it's the way I think about it, it's, it's really about 
investing in engineering talent and sales resources. It's expanding their value proposition, like I mentioned earlier. And the way I think they do that is they embrace uh, technology. They embrace new procurement resources, specifically around purchasing platforms or RFP tools or things like that to make the buying process more efficient, um, more unbiased, and more professional and really more of an enterprise class experience for their customers. I also think that they will need to continue to differentiate themselves by offering more services like telecom expense management or lifecycle management solutions. I think it's going to get harder and harder to, to simply be an agent. I think they're going to have to continue to add more you know, value to their customers. And I think that'll come in the form of, of some of those things I just mentioned. I also think they should be on the lookout for M&A. I mean, I think scale matters, not just at the master agency level, but also at this direct selling agency level. The more sales reps you have, the more diversified your sales revenue streams are, the more diversified your supplier base is, the geography and industries you participate in to the services you provide make you more valuable, right? And as you get bigger and you can get to a higher revenue and EBITDA and profit level, right? There's a step change in value that occurs on the exit. So I think for, for folks looking to maximize their valuation long-term, I think they need to continue to grow organically, but I do think an inorganic or M&A strategy makes a lot of sense in this marketplace. Yeah, absolutely, Seth. I, I just wanted to follow that up, though. I, I was thinking anytime we're discussing M&A, and not everyone always thinks it's so great. I mean, the scale is fantastic, but for the sub-agents out there, who might be looking at uh, you know less choice, fewer master agents to work with. Uh, what would you say to them about that? I think there's trade-offs, but as the master agencies continue to consolidate, we have seen them being able to invest more and more in resources to help those sub-agents um, do better, right? So I, I think while, because scale has gotten to a point now where if you go to the top five master agencies, they kind of all have the same contracts with the suppliers and vendors. So that piece of the equation has been fairly commoditized. So the yeah. only way they can differentiate themselves other than offering greater and greater pass-through rates, which we definitely have seen that trend continue in a way that's significantly benefited sub-agents and direct sellers, is that they have to offer more value, right? And I think We've seen that happen, right? We're seeing much more investment in people and resources to enable these sub-agents to have access to great engineering talent around, um, you know, CCAS, UCAS, SD-WAN, infrastructure, et cetera, that they now can tap into and leverage for their customers. So we also see more investment in, in applications and resources that they'll have advantage, that be able to take advantage of. So... I think generally it's been a positive trend for uh, the sub-agent community as this consolidation has occurred at the master agency level. So I, I look at it as generally a positive for them. Seth, I really appreciate these insights here. It's helping me a lot to get a wider understanding of the industry. So I really appreciate you coming on and I, I'm sure the Cassies are going to appreciate it. Thanks for joining us today, Seth. Thanks, Seth. Appreciate it. Thanks for the time, James and Craig. That was some outstanding stuff from Seth there, Craig. M&A looks to stay red hot in the master agent space. Uh, what? Uh, speaking of past, uh, James, you sound just like my old compadre Kevin of the old Coffee with Craig and Kevin days. How did you learn to impersonate him like that and use one of my unfavorite buzzwords, space, to boot? Um, no, Craig. It's actually me, Kevin. I'm back to hijack this podcast.
Kevin, uh, hey, buddy, uh, what'd you do with James? But for your sake, I hope this isn't ransomware because I ain't paying. Nah, I'm just clowning, CG. James is fine. I think the windsock he got for his fancy new podcasting microphone is wreaking havoc. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm good, guys. Uh, so, Kevin, what are you doing here? Well, as I'm sure you already know, I'm back with the team here at Channel Partners and Channel Futures, helping out on the media side, especially in light of the new mega site that I'm sure you discussed earlier. Oh, yeah. So you're back. I'm I'm thrilled, Kevin. I'm so happy to hear you. Um, what, So when did this happen, man? Are you serious, James? I've been back for a couple weeks. You, oh. you didn't know? Uh, so anyway. Um... <laughs> you know, we finally get you kicked off the marquee. Uh, and yes, Digi helped with that. <laughs> and you still found a way to nose your way back into the podcast? It does really hurt me that Digi in the end won. I mean, it was such a long rivalry, but I thought I would undoubtedly win, and and I did not. But uh, yeah, of course I had to get back on. I mean, Coffee with Craig and James has taken this to new levels, and I'm not surprised uh, because once you lose me, I mean, there's nowhere to go but up. But uh, you guys are just doing great. So, Kevin, it truly is great to have you back. No doubt your chums in the sales department are excited as well. And I got to say... We, we miss you on the podcast as well, buddy. Oh, I got to tell you, I, I miss doing the podcast. But like I said before, um, James, bravo, my friend. You somehow managed to do something I couldn't do, and that's make Craig actually seem like he knows what he's doing. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, Kevin, I've got blisters on my feet from wearing these shoes that you left for me because... These shoes are way too big for me, man. And I'm walking in these shoes and I'm getting blisters because these are big shoes to fill. You know what I mean? Do you get the metaphor? You I have you have big shoes to fill, man. <laughs> it's a good thing you explained it seven times because I am that slow. So uh, I'm having yeah. trouble filling your shoes, Kevin. <laughs> uh, let me just say you are far too kind, my friend. You have your own shoes and they're much nicer than mine and you walk in them much more smoothly. So you're, you're just absolutely slaying it, buddy. As oh. long as they are not little Nas X's shoes, <laughs> the, those are those are one of a kind. Well played, uh, Craig. <laughs> this is this is some mutual admiration society. I've got to say, and and before we get out of control, uh, which we already have, uh, we probably better start wrapping this sucker up. That's fair. Well, before we go, would you do us the courtesy of reviving one more feature from the past? I would love to hear one of my favorites. A KWIM. I actually don't know what that is. What is the KWIM? <laughs> we actually call it a quim. Oh. So, so wait, let me get this straight, James. It's one of your personal favorite segments, but you <laughs> didn't know what a KWIM is. Or that it's, it's called quim. It's crazy how that is. Well, I like KWIMs. I just, yeah, I don't know what a quim is. Um, it sounds like a KWIM. Uh, that could be like our our new fake radio station. Uh, Coffee with Craig and James on the Red Hot KWIM. <laughs> yeah, they have some awesome '70s tunes. They're pretty awesome. <laughs> Brought to you by Texas Pete Hot Sauce. <laughs> spicy, anyway, like this Kevin, podcast. Uh, as spicy as that may be, uh, why don't you hit us with something on the new Channel Futures CP Expo Homecoming? A, a, a classic quim. Let it flow. You're, you're really catching me off guard here. I, I wasn't ready to do a quim, but CP no, no. Expo Homecoming. 
Let's give it a shot here. Do we have the intro? <laughs> well, now it's time for one of Kevin's whimsical industry metaphors. So, Craig, James, I've been doing some thinking over the last 30 seconds, and I've got to tell you, Channel Partners Expo Homecoming, now co-located with the new inaugural MSP Summit, is a lot like the types of things you're seeing with the NBA super teams right now, like your Brooklyn Nets, if you will. Even now, the Denver Nuggets are kind of becoming a super team. I think they're doing this just like we decided to not only combine our largest event, the largest event in the channel with a new MSP-focused, targeted MSP Summit event, but also like we combined our two sites into one mega site. Now, channelfutures.com leading channel partners forward. I'm sure you alluded to that earlier. I don't need to explain it to the audience again, but it's like those super teams. It's like a super group, if you will, your Asia's of the world your damn yankees of the world even though i'm a mets fan um there are so many a soul clan back in otis redding i believe benny king and a few came together to put out an album um i had to look that one up actually i didn't know about that but they're fantastic uh, you do you have any other super groups the first seconds you had to prepare for this uh, that was pretty impressive well, you know what? I can be on Teams and Google at the same time. It's the beauty of technology. I had one more, Craig, and tell me, James, I feel like you're going to be more of a fan of this one. You know those Chicago shows they do on uh, NBC, I believe it is? It's like when they do those triple crossovers where you get Chicago PD, then you throw in the fire department from Chicago Fire, then you throw in the doctors and the nurses from the medical department in Chicago Med, and they all come together to make one super three-hour spectacular. Um, oh yeah that's, and that's what we're doing here those are just riveting man you you really you really brought it home with the the up-to-date reference i mean you covered like 60 years of of pop culture there bravo to you and your quim even if you were a bit rusty yeah i mean i, I gotta say kevin of all the quims i've heard that 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 probably tops it <laughs> yeah one of one his that's introduction good. to quims that's, good. Uh, That's okay. how I keep coming in first. I, I just I just only have one to compete with. <laughs> Myself. It's all about it's all about picking your goalposts, right? <laughs> it definitely is. And Craig, as I've often said in the past on a quim, and I'm not finished. It's also worth noting that I'm excited about co-locating with you and James on this podcast as a regular. Uh, uh no. no. And to bring us full circle on our past, present, and future theme, Craig and Kevin. I have a prediction. Oh, yeah? Like this podcast will be better than simply mediocre again once Kevin says goodbye? Wow. I mean, back for two minutes and I'm taking shots already. Uh, I'm sorry, Kevin. We can be known to be aggressive hosts sometimes. It's it's a problem. Um, huh? I mean, here's my prediction. I predict that you're going to say, if you'd like to download the archive of Coffee with Craig and James, you can do so wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, we're on the new flagship Channelfutures.com. Wow, do I really sound like that? Anyway, uh, as usual, your prediction is wrong. Circle gets a square. I don't have to say it now that you've said it. In other words, you broke the space-time continuum there. Oh, yeah, it's the 80s. Oh, let me try. So, it's like I crossed the streams. Eh, James, no. I think you should try to stick to your decade, buddy. Thanks for joining us, everyone, and we'll catch you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Stay cool with Craig and James, channel. There's something strange. <laughs>